नमस्ते एवरीवन वेलकम टू द चार वर्क पॉडकास्ट दिस इज योर होस्ट कुशल मेहरा सो इट वाज अ फ्यू वीक्स अगो दैट वी हैड रिकॉर्डेड अ पॉडकास्ट दैट वाज ऑन द हिस्ट्री ऑफ इंडियन क्यूजीन विद भास्कर एंड अभिजीत एंड एट दैट टाइम वी हैड प्रॉमिस दैट व्हेन आई विल बी इन दिल्ली द नेक्स्ट टाइम वी आर गोइंग टू बी रिकॉर्डिंग अ पॉडकास्ट दैट इज गोइंग टू बी ऑन द हिस्ट्री ऑफ वेजिटेरियनिज्म द आयरनी बीइंग आई एम नॉट अ वेजिटेरियन एंड नॉर इज अभिजीत अ वेजिटेरियन बट वी आर स्टिल गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट इट सो आई एम हियर इन दिल्ली फॉर द अर्थ लिटरेचर फेस्टिवल सो ऑन द साइडलाइंस वी डिसाइडेड to come here at the wonderful restaurant mala akbari and i am glad that i have with me both uh, bhaskar and abhijit who are going to be taking us today through a journey of vegetarianism boys welcome thank you uh, so much um, kushal i mean i'm so excited to be back over here i think uh, you know last time i had a ball and um, i think uh, that just like speaking about vegetarianism today will be so interesting because this is something that we thought we will speak about and uh, i have a lot to share today so super excited okay uh, let's start over here so first let us take, set the historical timeline where do you see the first so we'll go step by step what are the first footsteps of vegetarianism in india where do we find the traces of vegetarianism uh so i just want to start at a different place first you misgendered me oh, we said boys and then you know you uh, forgot the fact that i'm pure vegetarian i only eat vegetarians uh and uh this is a question that you'd better ask baskar because he is much better versed with the history of vegetarianism baskar so where do we see the traces of vegetarianism in india so i have to first answer what uh, abhijit said that you only eat vegetarians but you eat pigs right so pigs also eat some like insects and all so no the pigs i eat up your vegetarian okay then it's fine then it's fine then it's fine so um the traces of vegetarianism in india are like super fascinating because um i mean if i can ask you a question actually to start off with and we'll then i'll answer my question like can you uh, kushal and abhijit name any place in the world except for the subcontinent where vegetarianism originated culturally or like sociologically by itself in history and i'm not talking about the 1960s you know california the americans as a fact not hi- not hippie veganism not hippies not hippie veganism can you name one place in the world i i honestly to be very honest i can't think of one place i can the cathars in france okay uh, meat was banned for them and but they ate fish no they did not even eat fish okay so so for the cathars i think and you know the cathars were crushed in the uh, yeah, yeah, first yeah. you see the christians not on uh, that's right muslims yeah. but uh, yeah i think they were uh, i i think that's the only other organic uh, vegetarian movements that arose for me uh, like you're right that i mean there may be small pockets of cultures yeah. that have been vegetarian um, from what i've heard at least in greek uh, philosophy if you heard of pythagoras theorem pythagoras was a self uh, professed vegetarian and he also in yeah and he encouraged his uh, followers to become vegetarian also uh, because uh, he said that you know like it it will make life much better you become smarter uh, but actually other than the subcontinent um, in terms of mainstream cultures and in a big way no philosophically also no culture has actually become vegetarian by itself anywhere in the world at least from what i found in my research over here see the over here i'll actually quote a book which is called the shape of ancient thought uh by thomas machiavelli uh i i won't be surprised if that um, would be 
a digestion from the subcontinent going into that area because at that time there was a lot of back and forth at the persian courts between the greeks and the indians i'm not saying i'm dead sure about buddhism may have uh, really uh, influenced vegetarianism in europe and everything as well but i think you know talking about like the question now that you asked i'm sorry i'm answering it about 10000 thoughts later but uh, like in india vegetarianism originated you know there's a there's a cultural aspect to it there's a sociological aspect to it and like people can say it happened because of let's say religion ahimsa you know non violence was a, 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 a you know a philosophical um, kind of tenant that uh, indians are credited for and non violence towards animals and generally towards you know living things uh, because it, it it affects your karma and it makes life better and what not but if you look at it from a scientific perspective it's so easy to you know kind of look at it that india and uh, the indus valley uh, one of the first four river valley civilizations is one of the only places where you have a rabi and a kharif crop right mm. so you have a winter crop and a summer crop and that's why we were so bad at uh, you know storage and warehousing always we've been bad even today how much goes to waste because we never needed to think of how bad the winter is going to be or how bad the summer is going to be like right. in china so in europe for example in china yeah the onset of winter is the slaughter season exactly where for winter storage you need to that's when all your cured meats and right. and and that's why western butchery or chinese butchery involves aging the meat you have to yeah. hang the meat for 2 3 weeks Correct. before it's ready to right. consume i never thought of that so so because of that yeah. and and it's related to us having the highest population in the world as well uh, i don't know if i spoke about this last time but like even the southern belt of china where uh, where where you know where canton is all the way to yunnan and then the himalayan belt and the south of india has always had the highest population population in the world because we always had a surplus of ingredients throughout history in fact um, uh, uh, there are some books that say that you know in the 1400s uh, one fourth of let's say france's population was cut, uh, was was killed or or they died of of famines uh, uh, scotland and these things never happened in india because our our um, uh, uh, civilization always and our our land always had was so bountiful it were it could sustain massive populations i mean if you just look at the variety of pre columbian exchange or before christopher columbus discovered the americas vegetables that were available in india from yams to tubers up loki lelo uh, to uh, all the gourds um it's just amazing and this is all because of the very humid climate that we have number one our southwest monsoon allows us to do it um we also have a winter monsoon in um, the north uh, and then of course in the coastal regions you have almost pretty much monsoon throughout the year and uh, our, our 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 alluvial plains our 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 land is so i mean you can throw something in the ground and it will grow i mean the indo gangetic plain uh, then you have the narmada belt in the south i mean it's it's just it's just an amazing land i mean we have the most arable land in the world even today and and that's why agriculture i mean we may be quite bad at it compared to the other uh, you know let's say, let's say australia where 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 they have to use small patches of land to 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 produce a lot of you know food so you know in india we never had the necessity to um uh, to to use small amounts of land to produce more food because we could just use any land that was around us even in a place like rajasthan so this makes perfect sense of the way we cook meat as well yeah. so for example in the west the meat is the main dish and the carb is the side dish correct here the carb is always the main dish and yes. the meat is the side dish it's the supplement yep it's not the main 
this thing, yeah. right? Uh, but to answer your question, there is another group of people who were vegetarians, Roman gladiators. They were given a high carb, very low protein diet. But that was forced upon them, no? Yeah, of course. And they couldn't afford the their owners couldn't afford the. They had to give them gruel and no, all no, those no, kind of things. They were, they were very rich gladiators. That's also. true. That's true. And there were voluntary gladiators who would still. I mean, if you were a gladiator, you had to be vegetarian. No? But maybe like modern bodybuilders, they had to do it for performance. Of, more, more, more than more than just more endurance rather correct. than uh, uh, yeah. But what I'm trying to say, and and I mean, I've, let's come to the point that uh, I mean the the the, the origin of vegetarianism is is I mean they they write about vegetarianism in in the Rig Veda and in the Vedas, the Athar Veda, Sam Veda, the Yajur Veda. There is there are small excerpts on vegetarianism, but true vegetarianism began um, with with Jainism and Buddhism and Maybe the Shramanic uh, period. The that's right. Period. So let's say six seven hundred BCE, eight hundred BCE when vegetarianism truly took its real form and again pre green revolution pre you know all the all the pesticides that you put on the ground today you could have some sort of vegetable growing in your backyard in india whereas in, in the rest of the world you could not do that so even if you look at southern china today they are also pretty much vegetarianism they add meat to their food so they are also carbohydrates are the main they, they can't cook a vegetable without a little bit of pork being thrown into it. Maybe for the fat. Maybe they could. Maybe because they 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 didn't have. They could not take out oil from the oil seeds. Right. So also you have to have the right oil seed with you. If you don't have oil seeds, you have to use for your food not to burn. You have to have oil in your food as well, fat in your food. So if you have the right oil seeds, if you have mustard, if you have sesame, um, if you have almond, then you do not need to use any animal product. And then the last point being why India was so suitable to be being a vegetarian civilization. Because of the heat, and see if you have a surplus of let's say vegetables around you, and you can consume the vegetables around you, that's great. But then you also want to consume meat if it's available. Why you would not consume meat is because there's a there's a I mean Al Baruni says it, uh, Fahian says it, uh, Hyun Sang also says it in different periods of Indian history that Indians would not consume the same food twice. Whichever caste, whichever kind of people, you only consume that food once. Mm. It's the same thing. It's like you never eat strict milk. So you would never eat meat because वो खराब होना ही होना है। So काटो। हमारी गर्मी में without a fridge, even today without refrigeration। So you know, Paris, Paris is happened there. Eating पुराना खाना is frowned upon. It's frowned upon. Every meal has to be cooked fresh. Yep. Again, this is you know what I I get reminded of the Jain culture, Jainism में तो I don't know how many I I was raised in a very Jain area. So this this just reminds me of my Jain friends. आज का खाना They will not keep it the next day. नहीं रखते वो लोग खाना क्यों नहीं रखते हैं वो बोलते हैं नहीं ये पाप है क्योंकि वो जीवाणु का कुछ तो उनका लॉजिक है एक एक दिया गया था मुझे मगर देविल जैन घरों में जितना कंज्यूम करना है ना एग्जैक्टली टू द टी उतना खाना बनता है नेक्स्ट डे कैरी फॉरवर्ड नहीं होता है वो खाना वो करेंगे ही नहीं बट इवन इन बेंगोली हाउसेज यू डोंट या सो माई ग्रैंड मदर एट अज थिंग अबाउट पुटिंग फूड अवे and it makes sense no because it makes perfect sense and even in tamil nadu the one the possibly the only dish that would be saved for the next day was this fermented rice and dahi kind of uh, thing yeah 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 but the rest uh, of it you simply don't there's a certain taboo associated with you're talking about kanji kanji yeah uh, well kind of kanji what's it called paresor old rice but um it's 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 just one of those things which you don't uh, uh, do because i think that like you know if you think about vegetarianism in india 
for me i mean you know from a more like neutral scientific perspective it's more more logical than 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 let's say religious because if there's one land in the entire world even today if you remove green revolution chalo hata diya maybe okay with massive population we won't be able to sustain it because we won't be able to grow so much rice or wheat but even then we can grow vegetables on this land that nowhere else in the world you could grow and you don't have to put those nets on top you know for for the heat to to to, to kind mm. of grow the vegetables we can the localized crops the localized crops we can grow whatever we want and in history are are i mean maybe that's why we were so poor at 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 agricultural science actually historically and we weren't the greatest okay irrigation canals and all our ancestors did True, but we did have agriculture now after the rakhigadi excavations we know we had agriculture no agriculture we we, we were but the first ones to do innovation but we never had so for example you look in the middle east yeah okay uh because water scarcity tha nutrient scarcity tha they had to be very innovative with things wo to hamare yahan problem hi nahi thi hamare yahan problem never had hamari puri civilization saraswati pe bani hai itna bhar bhar ke pani tha udhar wo main keh raha hu poverty of innovation amidst the plenty of uh natural abundance correct i mean necessity i mean see why did foreign rulers come and let's say they invaded and they then just settled down here and why it was so easy for them to settle on why they never wanted to go back it was it was the agriculture the land of riches was not the, they, they get it wrong it was not the diamond and the gold that they were looking for they were looking But for the diamonds food diamonds and gold remember free industrial society was in the wealth was entirely agrarian created right so essentially your crops were the gold that's what i'm saying essentially exactly. right feeding of so, po- population was the biggest yeah challenge so the bigger the population the more you traded etc 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 more catchment of money more land tax more everything so yeah and and sense. i think there's one more aspect to vegetarianism in india and it's a i was there's this new book that's come out that talks about what did we eat uh, 100 uh, 100 uh, you know uh, sorry a million years ago uh, when when humanity first kind of you know started becoming what we are now and agriculture in india in 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 what is mehergad and then the saraswati river happened about um uh, about 9000 years ago so 9500 years ago if i'm 9000 years ago uh, in 700 7000 bc approximately so um what they found is that in the beginning lactose tolerance was not there amongst indians and and if you look at east asia the the lack of let's say cows bovine in arabia and east asia has has led to lactose intolerance amongst populations even today in fact north america and south america native americans except for llamas didn't have cows so even when when post columbian exchange lactose tolerance took a long time to happen yeah. so what indians got right how we did it is that because we had our our our, our the indian zebu zebu bull uh, or the cow is is that we tol- we we started tolerating lactose much faster than the rest of the world with the zebu cow you know one of the most interesting things about the zebu cow is there are now genetic papers of uh, the zebu cow traveling all the way from india across the globe how the hell it has been done nobody knows but it, no we we exported it to america yeah we not only exported it but it's not just america it's all over the world from india the genetic imprint because it's the biggest producer of milk yeah mm. it in terms of production it's it's very high the the milk that a zebu cow produces and 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 that's why like it's it's something that like you know when the mesopotamians one of the biggest imports from india was sesame seeds and, and zebu cows yeah. because i think we just had the right mix of everything 
and that's what's made our civilization and yeah. our population today you know it's made our civilization great and it's made our population massive i mean uh, uh if you look at if you look at um, pre uh, you know industrialized societies and they, they, they look at all the economic indices and everything and how and how india was the biggest economy in the world and all those things under the moguls under the mauryans we were also the largest population in the world so the percentage of our let's say gdp to the world's gdp which was apparently 40% under aurangzeb and 50% under ashoka according to or, or let's say under uh, uh, ashoka's successor bindusara was 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 because we were also 50% of the population and 40% of the population simultaneously respectively so it's it's also that we could sustain massive populations more like 20 30% of world gdp not 40 no according to according to uh, angus madison we were we were we were 40% of the world uh, 20 uh, 27% 27, of the world 27% of it, the world gdp between 25 and 35 yeah but together we were 40 to 60% depending on the no but but but, but, but 180 if i maybe i'm wrong and we can just do the research again we were about maybe 40 to 50% at least in 180 under the moderns but yeah there was that thing so gdp was roughly proportionate to uh population, population. That's because right. that's that agrarian society phenomenon we're talking about and, and the more populous you are yeah. the richer you are and, and under the in the bengal subha of the mughal empire mm-hmm. and and also under the marathas in some parts um our per capita income also was apparently the highest so you have to look at it per capita income wise as yeah. well but again these economic indices may be very difficult to like kind of verify so then the next question in this scenario is a very natural one does that mean because of the geography because of the economic size because of the population size we basically were the only country in that sense that could have come up with a the see vegetarianism is a cuisine based lifestyle where like for example on the joe rogan experience joe rogan when he was mocking veganism in in just a light manner he said if you want to be vegetarian why just you don't why don't you just eat indian food what joe rogan was trying to say is there's only one culture today where if you choose actively to avoid meats and still have a wholesome food like till the extent you can have a bloody buffet because buffet is the modern day landmark just go indian right but does that mean there could not have been any other country in this world because of these geographical conditions and population resources that we had the weak were the only ones who could even from a market economics perspectives maybe sustain vegetarianism 100% i think there was social so just to add to this i think there would have been social things as well yeah right because of the heat uh disease setting in so for example in india you burn the body on the same day the death happens Okay. You don't let it raw. It in, doesn't raw yeah. otherwise. In Europe and Arab countries, even in Arab countries, it's done very quickly. But in Europe, it's you know the body is kept in state for two, three days, etc., etc., etc. You know that rotting and the disease that it spread, keeping the slaughter close. I think we would have made the connection between the rottage of meat and disease. a lot quicker than colder places would have hmm. which would have been very important in terms of connoting that this is somehow not healthy yeah that's interesting right and in india you have always been i mean imagine right in harappa what's the most noticeable feature of harappa it's the ritual bath which is something that's so standardized i mean we're all obsessed about bathing Unfortunately, modern Indians don't like to bathe too much. Uh, it's quite sad, really, especially if you're riding the Delhi Metro. God, it's like a gas chamber. But uh, uh, generally, you know, in uh, 
in my house in Madras, if if you weren't bathing three four times a day, they call they just say. I mean, it's not that you were smelling. God, you're so oily. You must be smelly. Go bathe. It was natural to bathe three four times a day. So that cleanliness, you clearly understood that there was a thing: clean, healthy, dirty, not healthy, rotting of meat. See it. it each point adds to both a social phenomenon, a climate phenomenon, uh, a geographical uh, 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 ecology phenomenon. I think it's unique in the way all of these things come together at one spot that produces that particularly unique anthropological behavior. Correct. Because what happens is we know, anthropologically speaking, all civilizations behave the same. Yep. Under the same stimulus. Yes. So clearly, there was a different stimulus out here to produce different anthropological behavior, which in this particular case was these all these unique factors being present together at one point. And then, of course, we start fetishizing vegetarianism. That's true. So you know what you're saying is completely correct. Like anthropologically, there are two parts to vegetarianism, like from human history. One <coughs> is the, I mean, let's say the scientific logical point that I spoke about, but then also like the social factor of taboo. So I mean, you, I mean, you can look at a like today vegetarianism as wow, well. it's it's saving the planet. You don't kill animals, and you have the non-violent part. But then again, you look at history, and you always think that you know easier and better than it was in the past because now we don't have the issue of choice. You know, or we have sorry, we have the we Lots have the choices, we have the yeah. choice earlier. In, we're spoiled for choice in history. Unfortunately, like you had to eat what you got, right? So it was much harder back then, and and you, if you think about it, let's say if there were no vegetables around, uh, let's say a, a Jain or a Buddhist would have turned to eating meat. I mean, Buddhists, yes, in some in some parts they did eat meat. I mean, apparently Buddha died eating a bowl of rice and pork. Um, but in some tellings, in some in tellings, a, in another he dies because he offers his blood to a snow leopard. Yeah, that's uh, he there. offers his body to a snow leopard. Uh, who had starving cubs? But they had snow leopards in Bodh Gaya in Bihar. No, it he dies up in the Himalayas. Oh, he went back to like yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, so there's different tellings of that story. Yeah. Okay. So basically, um, the the thing is that you know, um, I think that if you look at it from a taboo perspective, mm -hmm. that like you're saying that you know once okay, chalo, theek hai, we started becoming vegetarian. We, we're we're eating vegetarian. It's all good, and we don't want to kill animals, but. Then that entire thing of growing up not eating meat. So I think once what also happens with once once you know with human beings. Right, exactly. So once you're accustomed to a certain thing. Yep. So for example, the a lot of Western palates can't deal mm. with Indian spices. They can't. And a lot of Indians are like, "Bhai, ye kya tum mere ko ghas pus." This, this is why you know all those Guju aunties who go to uh, Guju and Tamil aunties also. Yep. They're such nightmares. These Kannada travel groups, like Smita Prakash, always travels in these Kannada A and I. Ki Smita Prakash, hai na? she goes abroad only in these travel groups who will only demand Kannada food. They want bisi bale bhat everywhere. Okay. Uh, similarly, like my mom will travel in this uh, uh, retired Tamil IAS lady officers uh, group, where they only want they want their idli, molaga puri, dosa everywhere. In a, in, now, in a now tell me something. Basically, <laughs> basically, see you, and you know the thing is, she she goes to Italy and she's like, "What is this food that they're serving me? There's yeah. no chili, there's no garam masala in the tomato sauce. There's uh, how how am I meant to eat this every day, etc., etc., etc." 
right yeah. so you get so used to a kind of food and remember these days because foods getting homogenized you don't remember how each ethnicity had a very different fragrance to it yeah i never realized that till i went to rural my first trip to rural china where they had a completely chinese diet was somewhere in i forget where exactly in southern china somewhere in 1991 somewhere around i i don't know if it was yunnan or interior guangdong but uh the people there smelt so different you know, and their diet was just pork and local vegetables and there was a certain very peculiar smell so you know when the first thing of uh, the first japanese encounter of whites that they smell they used to call them rancid butter smellers the yeah, smell of milk yeah the the smell of rancid butter white people smelt of rancid butter yeah right uh, we taught the white man how to bathe we still haven't taught them how to wash their bums because <laughs> they will put everything on their bum including sunlight just not water, water. Yeah. and soap हाँ वो आजकल वो देख रहा है ना तू ऐसे ऐसे वो पिछवाड़ा करके वो सनबेदिंग करते हैं उसमें आई मीन हाउ मच सनलाइट डू यू नीड इन योर एस होल इट्स अपेरेंटली इट्स अपेरेंटली वेरी हेल्दी टू एक्सपोज योर रेक्टम टू सनलाइट बट दे विल नॉट नो मैटर व्हाट यू डू दे विल नॉट एक्सपोज देयर बम्स टू वाटर एंड सोप बट थैंकफुली वी सिविलाइज द रेस्ट ऑफ देम टू एटलीस्ट हैव अ बाथ एवरी डे सो रिमेंबर वी टॉट द वाइट मैन टू बेथ and isn't that so the word for soap comes from sabun sabun and shampoo comes from champu champu or champi or something so champu is interesting the, the origin of champu is from so sheikh din mohammad sheikh din mohammad was a indian person who actually started the first indian restaurant in london of which there are 10000 now in uh, 1833 i think and um, and uh, so he uh, for uh, the king at that time i have to remember his name so he hired him as a as a head massage uh, specialist and he called that he called it champu which became shampoo so it comes from champi putting oil in hair and there this and you know those early curry recipes that you see in the earliest mrs beaton cookbooks or victorian cookbooks they're hideous yeah they have sugar and apples added to the curry but you know why they put uh, sugar and apples and yeah, everything because their ingredients didn't have the exact same flavor not only that no it's not only because of that it's also because um sugar let's say preserves food better so sugar salt oh, and spices yeah. like like adding like adding spices to christmas cakes was was done on purpose because on christmas you knew that you had to prepare for a mass right right, right so right, because right. to you had to prepare for a lot of people you have to uh, prepare in advance you can't prepare it the same day right. so they added spices so preservation happens better yeah so that But, was the reason you know the other very interesting thing you remember our friend uh, kushal paul antonopoulos yeah so he was telling me that uh, greeks are vegetarian for at least 100 days of every year lent lent no but it's they have so many feast saints days in the orthodox church yep so it's not just lent lent is a, the month of lent yeah, right jews Where, as well right jews but, also yeah. have many days uh you you just do not eat meat right but see there it is forced upon you here it was a natural evolving choice that's what and that natural evolving choice that 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 racial smell you know you are what you eat kind of thing right so a lot of western people find that indian smell i still find that if i go to say bengal assam or odisha or certain parts of uh, um uh, punjab 
I find people smell peculiar, but I've gotten very used to that smell, and that's because of the sarson ka tel. Yeah. Right. Even the oil, oil matters so much. Like anybody who eats pork will tell you that the pork fat totally reflects how it's been brought up. Has it been a quality product? Hundred percent. More than anything else. Correct. It's the fattiest meat we eat. Yeah. Except maybe seals and whales, who which nobody. Which which yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, of the mass-consumed meats. So, you know, it makes so much sense that there's also this racial smell and this purity and cleanliness angle to all of this. Because you're right, like, uh, for example, coconut oil in the South, uh-huh. and like you have, yeah. So, but you know, what we were talking about, the the point that you talked about, let's say, um, you know, people being, getting accustomed to, let's say, a certain diet. So, according to me, how vegetarianism began was, um, was because of non-violence and that whole, whole philosophical thing. But well, how, see, I, I wonder... Is this a chicken and egg situation? It is a chicken and egg situation. We we don't know what came about because we, of what and yeah justified be, because of because what. it could I mean, have we'll been never be able to tell. Correct. It could have been uh, an abundance of like availability of of vegetables yeah. and then side by side you you're seeing rotting meat so you don't want to go close to it and once it gets once you you know once it's caught on then then you get used to a certain diet. So it's yeah. like, you know, like uh, WHO saying that uh, by 2030 or 40, a lot of meat-eating populations will start after eating insects because they're high in protein and they're easier to farm. They don't, uh, they're not bad for the environment. I mean, but like, and, and would you, also, you eat? And you also look at the funerary customs. Correct. A cremation ground here is considered dirty. Right. And you don't Women have... do not enter. You do not go there every year to spend time with your yeah. uh, these things. Whereas in Muslim and Christian cultures, you visit it I visit the grave as often as you can. Kings and priests and saints are buried inside their churches or in mosques. Right. So death and God are very close. Here, death is absolutely dirty, completely confined to a different area. And life is confined to a different area. Unless there are some places so where the shakta uh, practice. Uh, practices are there where there is animal sacrifices or human sacrifices once upon a time. Correct. And that's why uh, like when people die in India when cre- when like, like after and the cremation. Isn't it curious? It's the shaktas who eat meat. Yeah, that's true. So it is Kashmiri pandits yeah. are Shaivite. Yeah. For them, Mahashivratri is the biggest thing. Uh, Bong Brahmins are the other people who eat uh, uh, meat are shaktas. And during Durga Puja, I think People you have meat. to. You have to have mutton and fish as the puja thali. For Mahashivratri, you have to have mutton uh, as part of the thali. Right? So, there's also this thing about the deity, the religiosity. I, all of it kind of comes together with this I mean, I, I would whatever. say the only place like... Uh, no, so just to complete, you know, when people... When people die in India and there's a cremation, you see the close family always being putting into a quarantine. Where they have to cook their own food, they can't get out of the house. So, quarantine is also there before. 10 days of quarantine is always there. 13 days of quarantine. It depends on which part of the country you are from. It depends on 7 to 13, whatever. Tervi. Tervi Northern Indians, Tervi ka jada hota hai. But, bahar For 13 days, no, in the south also. For 13 days, there is no food cooked at home. Oh, not it has to come from outside. Correct. It is not cooked at home. And see, on the thing that, how does vegetarianism evolve, right? So, on one hand, you have abundance of vegetables and resources. And on the other hand, you could also have an increasing moral arc. So, the moral arc is basically saying, look, you guys, you fellows, why are you killing animals? You have so much resources. Why don't you stop? So it could be parallel to each other where 
remember question this is where we discussed why hinduism survived was because we developed theology and theology is a higher state so it was only bronze age religion to move from uh, mythology to theology which would then develop a moral arc so the greeks and romans had a huge issue with morality because you die like we discussed you die and you go to hades to styx which is the great netherworld where everybody it doesn't matter if you're a cruel tyrant if you're a great warrior you're there you're only remembered on earth by your uh, the tales that people tell of you you should be remembered by people right and that inspires you but what happens out here is uh, so you know it was that is why philosophy develops in the west philosophy develops not with christian theology it develops with pagan mythology yeah. which did not have a theology to produce good behavior in men while they were living yeah right right that moral arc comes with the development of theology in hinduism yeah. so in which case i would say it is hinduism that produces vegetarianism because that is what produces the moral arc hinduism gives it i mean jainism in that sense jainism jainism also has the concept of jivanu right so what is a jivatma in in that sense they consider everything that uh, has a jeev should not be harmed so they are very particular about that which is why you know they have they wear the face uh, mask i mean i'm calling it a mask now what else do we call it they walk barefoot they i mean in most jain at the highest level you're not supposed to wear any clothes either uh, like you you cause minimal damage and you are right about the west that it took a 1970s a philosopher like peter singer to basically say the same thing that the hindus and the jains and the buddhists said 3000 4000 years before them basically but look at it in other ways as well tell me who would think of making things like virtually everything is sacred virtually every tree in the forest is sacred all animistic religions in that sense do say that right but not every animal becomes the vahana of some yeah and it is not as profound as us so for example in uh, uh in egyptian uh, mythology hippopotamus was sacred crocodiles are sacred sobek okay uh, 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 the uh, uh, ibis is sacred isis or horus i forget which one uh, horus is the falcon okay you know one thing that is not sacred and represents the devil and should be cats. eaten no cats are cats super are sacred cats, are cats, cats would be killed for killing a yeah, cat yeah, yeah. वो तो हमारे गौभक्त से भी बहुत ज्यादा ये थे गुस्ता के कैट का एक ही सजा सा जुदा बट डक्स डक्स वे मिंट बी द एम्बॉडीमेंट ऑफ द डेवल हाइला बेचारे बतख ने क्या बिगाड़ा आई नो Like you look at a duck. How the hell does it? From what universe does it represent the devil? Yeah, maybe that was bird flu. At least geese. I can. Yeah, maybe. Maybe exactly right. Maybe uh, geese. At least I can understand. You know, geese are vicious. You know, geese gang rape. Geese have hard. I want all our viewers to Google geese teeth. They have three, four rows of back bent teeth. If a goose bites you, propaganda it, against geese. It 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 literally shreds. It's like putting your hand through a shredding machine. Okay, and geese are most ferocious than Rottweilers. But I think very few people eat geese anywhere. I don't think it's yeah, consumed. Yeah, but like geese bird. and ducks were considered the embodiment of evil spirits and the devil, and you eat it. Here, every even a rat, which is a known disease carrier, 
is made the vahana of Ganesha and is sacred. So, you know, a lot of, I didn't realize this, but you know, my Kirani ki dukan, they all have Ganeshas. And you know the one thing they don't stock? Rat traps and rat poison. So then why do they have a Ganesha ka But they do not. And five, six shops in a row will not stock that. I'll give you an example. My best friend's house, right? देखो अभी चूहा घर में आता है तो आजकल वो तुमको मालूम है ना वो मैजिक छिटकाने वाली वो नोटबुक के जैसे होते हैं ना वो लगा देते हैं चूहा उस पे छिटक जाता है मगर चूहा मर जाता है उसमें सो आई टोल्ड माय फ्रेंड कि तू ये लगा ले ही गेव मी द डर्टीएस्ट लुक ऑन ऑन प्लेनेट अर्थ इज लाइक मतलब चूहे को मार दूं तो बोला तो तू क्या करेगा चूहा तेरे घर में बोलता है पिंजरा रखेगा उसको पकड़ेगा फिर मैं गाड़ी में रखेगा और उसको जाके छोड़ेगा I have literally seen this in my best friend's house. Taking a cockroach like this, folding it like this in the hand and keeping it loosely outside. They will never kill it, but they are Jain. Yeah. No, and, Indians, Indians have natural wildlife conservation. Kolam. Why do we put Kolam these days? They put stickers outside the house. Traditionally, those patterns outside your house were made with rice flour. Right? So the insects didn't come inside your house. They'd eat, feel wow. thankful, and they go. This is fascinating. So, so now let us go into phase two. So what is the development of, because at the end of the day, this is about cuisine. So now tell us, how does the cuisine develop? Okay, we, we covered the bit where we start vegetarianism. But how does it become into a proper cuisine then? See, I remember, Kushal, your favorite uh, ingredient, paneer, yes. for sure was not there before. But how, at least, uh, let's say if we take uh, mainstream India, Northwest and South of, of, of India uh, and look at the progression of cuisine uh, throughout, you know, the period, to be very honest, most historical texts, any historical text do mention um, non-vegetarian dishes as well. For example, there's a, um, there's a, there's a, there's a quote by, on, on one of, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's an edict of Ashoka, which says that in the kitchen of, kitchens of Devanama Piyadasi, um, um, or beloved of the gods, all animal slaughter has been stopped. So you could say it's the first edict of non-violence towards animals. But the peacock, but peacocks are still eaten because they are the tastiest of birds. So, so there was always some animals. Uh, talking about rats, um, uh, uh, 11, uh, text from 1129 from the from the Western Chalukya Empire. Um, if you if you read it, it says that um, that that Someshwar the second. Uh, or the, the king of the, the Western Chalukya Empire in Badami, um, that they ate vadakas, which are the modern vadas. They ate idarikas, which are modern idlis. Dosaka, which is the modern dosa. But they also... But dosaka would be, dosakaya would be this thing. No, in... it's related to the Jharkhandi duska. Achha. So fermented dal, basically. Okay. Uh, right. No rice. Huh. Right? And But they also ate field mice. It's a big delicacy. Field mice with black pepper is a big delicacy. Uh, all kinds of deer are delicacies. So, so there is meat also. There's a Jain text called the Super Shastra, which says which doesn't have any non-vegetarian dishes in it. So, so, so what happened was that you know in 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 history when there were times of need, people of course did consume meat, but but for the most part they tried to stay away from it. In terms of progression of cuisine, I could say that you know there are not many history text cookbooks from. Uh, be before, like I talked about the Manasolas that mentioned recipes uh, because the Manasolas in itself precedes European cookbooks by, by 100 years or 200 years. So it's one of the first cookbooks in the world in itself. 
So there were the cookbooks before that, like the Romans had some. Basically, Indians had a cuisine even before the Europeans thought of it. Cuisines was always there, but the 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 whole the concept of, of a recipe, or recipe of the ingredients, and then the method of making it, the methodology. So the entire like way of cooking, uh, of writing, of remembering recipes, cataloging them. But I would say that um, we know more about Indian dietary habits uh, from foreigners than we know. from indians themselves maybe because we want to interested in writing about food ourselves yeah. and there are not a lot of written things that are that are left behind except for stone edicts and isn't that evidence that it was so normal we were like isko kon likhega ye to aise hi hota hai it's because you don't have a lot of manuscripts from the 4th or 5th century except if they're based on math or you maybe you're right based on math or based on let's say uh, buddhist texts or on religion or on philosophy so the first i mean the first thing i can tell you about um, in terms of like our food is uh, from the from what megasthenes said um uh, in the indica that he wrote um, when he came to seleucus nicator's uh, court um and then correspondingly in uh, in ashoka's court in uh, chandragupta maurya's court sorry he says that indians uh, eat uh, honey that comes uh, that is man made without bees so which is sugar. which is Good. which is the first version of sugar and we eat uh, uh, we eat a, a, a grain that comes from really tall grass which is rice, rice. and uh, we eat lentils right and then in the 4th century fahien uh, one of the first chinese travelers who comes to india he says that indians are predominantly vegetarian so this is the first vegetarian thing that comes about. Uh, but we have to accept that fahien himself was a buddhist and he had a vegetarian bias here maybe yeah he was yeah. he was biased towards buddhism i'm just putting it out there he talks about brahmanism as well he talks about the brahmanas the shramanas um and uh, that's how he he segregates hinduism and buddhism by the way so there was no hindu the word hinduism did not exist ever it was they were called brahma like people who apparently believed in let's say shiva vishnu ganesh were called brahmanas and buddha were, were the shramanas so, so remember brahmin patriarchal oppression is a real <laughs> so so um so so there is not a mention of dishes as such but they do mention um uh, you know things like indians eat a lot of gruel we eat rice where actually we eat very bland diets we don't eat a lot of um a lot of spice weed simpler diets so you know this is something that comes across in a lot of books till the british and portuguese arrive yeah the indian diet is seen as much blander than a lot of their diets yeah uh, i don't know how ye bland kaise bol sakta hai koi hamare diet ko therein see therein lies the thing yeah. um, i would trace this i mean you look at it even during our lifetime we would have i mean i'm the oldest of you lot because i'm 45 right i mean you're literally kids i mean you're prepubescent little children in front of me i don't mind being called young uh, not you how to drink yet. my milk where is it ha isko dudu de do bhai koi nanna munna basket so uh, what happens is ki you will have this thing where even today tam bram food and kannada bram food and things are quite they're not tasteless but they are quite bland yep. i mean i find oh my god what happened the mic protested against maybe the acidity was the next day acidity was an issue maybe it was it, maybe, maybe it was. was maybe it was but uh, what basically happens is that you have this thing where you remember the babarnama he's complaining when he comes to india that the food here doesn't taste like it does back in uh uh uh, uh fargana and kabul and places yeah. like that and you know I wanted to test that theory i wanted to test that theory so i went there uh, uh one of the things was to try fruits 
Yeah, because he said the fruits are great there. There's no fruits here, there but he never no. ate vegetables. The, the problem was, of course, when he was talking about watermelons, he was actually talking about boys' buttocks uh, because he <laughs> was a pederast. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Uh, uh, he he was talking about boys. He wasn't actually talking about watermelons because uh, the watermelon is called the Indian one in Farsi and Dari, Hindavne. Okay, it's it, it's called the Indian fruit, and walnuts in uh, coconuts in uh, Hindustan Turkish. Chavis. Indian chevies, uh, the Indian uh, yeah. walnut, uh, walnut yeah. Indian walnuts. So uh, th- there was this whole thing where his food pattern, almonds in India did not taste good as almonds in Kabul. Obviously, uh, the apricots from which almonds ultimately derive mm-hmm. are grown in higher altitudes and they taste much nicer out there. Apples, yeah, plains may corn grow karta hai. That's you would have had a huge adjust, adjustment problem of that this thing. He wouldn't have wanted to have the local foods that were extremely tasty. So, for example, you know, Shivarur, our friend, he hates tenlu, tenli, kya kova ka, kova ka. Yeah, tenli, I got it. The, the, like the, tenli, the huh? It's like a chota cucumber with the Yeah, the vegetable. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. For me, I find it delicious. Like, it needs nothing. Haldi fry karo, it tastes delicious for me. And you pretty much boil it, right? Yeah. Like, you know, we've got this thing called uh, perende. It's called adamant creeper. And we make a toil out of it. So it's just that. Uh, dal, thoda sa imli, thoda sa gur, fry karo. Uh, no masala, maybe a few a chili or two. And you grind it. And it's fantastic for me. But for somebody else, it tastes totally bland because they don't want to eat this. They want, it. it's like, you know, uh, uh, Jain auntie going to Italy and wanting to eat thepla out there. Uh, Guju auntie, sorry, huh? Guju auntie going to uh, uh, say Mrs. Uh, uh, Jaivanti Ben Shah, some Guju lady called Jaivanti Ben Shah. Fans intended to real life Jaivanti Bens. The many Jaivanti Bens uh, who go to Italy and then demand, Hey, Sita travel, you have not done my table. Hey, where is my dogla? Where is my kandvi? Where is Roman kandvi? Huh? Tomato ke with Roman kandvi. To be fair, I always carry thepla with me because they're so good. Oh God, what a disgrace. I love thepla. The methi uh, flavor is just brilliant. And you know, a kya a ganochi fanochi ye table ye kandvi nahi hai. Hamko kandvi do, hamko dokla do. Ye aise karte hai na? Imagine Babar at that time when he was talking about Indian food was essentially Jayanti Ben Shah. He was homesick. Jayanti Ben Shah coming here and complaining ki mere ko thepla nahi mil. Yeah, this reminds me of the great cricket player Shane Vaughan who whenever he, Shane Vaughan, you know Vaughan when he travelled to India he would carry his boatload of food because Vaughan could never eat Indian food. No, I heard Mark, uh, Marnus Labashain carrying his coffee machine when he went to, when he came to India, I think for the big... No, that he carries everywhere because that, that is a thing. But Shane Vaughan would carry his food every time. You know, when I went to North Korea and when I went to Uzbekistan and Turkmenistan, I carried my Nespresso press with me because I knew I wasn't going to get good coffee out there. Did they check it in North Korea? Did they check every part of it? They, they wanted to know what it was. I mean, mostly they were really thrilled that they got some porn in somebody's phone. <laughs> Who was traveling in our tour group, and they they didn't do anything about it. Technically, carrying porn in North Korea carries the me. death penalty, but here they just decided on death by humiliation. So he took the phone and he went around the entire train carriage from Beijing, going <laughs> this boy, this boy, <laughs> and showing different pictures to everybody, boy and girl. Uh, so you know, it's it's he it's got a thrill out of thing. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, I think that like, you know, like in India, vegetarianism is so special because I mean, even if you think about a place like Rajasthan, where you'd say that pretty much 
you can't grow crops throughout the year. It's not very agriculture friendly. It's a lot of dried, right? So there's chickpeas and a lot. So yeah. that's the chickpea. Berry. So now the lentil part comes. I actually wanted to bring in lentils, mm. which was the, which was other than the vegetables that we can grow. Lentils are something that are are so special to India. And if you look at you know like how in the 60s and 70s when uh, the you know then the, when the FDA in the US said that the Mediterranean diet is the best diet in the world, or in Japan. Uh, whatever the Okinawan diet, diet is the best diet in the world. No, it's not only the fish; it's the veggies that you eat with the fish, the carbohydrates that you eat with it. Because in the complex carbs that you get with it, I think in India, like the a bigger taboo than on on meat, at least for the mother is 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 maida that she won't tell you about meat. You can't maida atta kha sakte hain. But people maida there is. Yeah. But you know there is even a hadith. For the Muslims against Maida. Maida, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's difficult to digest. It's it, but it is difficult to digest. Not really. I mean, Not if you really. if you go to technically, it's it's removed uh, all the uh, stuff that you're appending. Yeah, but isn't it very unhealthy, Maida? It's simple carb. Unhealthy. It's the simple the glycemic index, or or for 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 let's say whiter whiter any kind of whiter flour compared to let's say more like less less refined flour is is it's 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 it's, it's worse on the glycemic index and it's worse for you with the simple carb, but. I mean, it depends on your lifestyle. It depends on the genetic factors as well. So I think in India, like um, what happened was that because we had so many lentils, you had to digest those lentils. And I feel that um, because you ate rice with it, you always wanted to eat more complex carb than simple carb with your lentils. And don't forget, even Indian rice. You know, I sometimes get this hand pounded rice. It is not as dehusked as machine dehusked rice is. Yeah. So it was a complex carb where you were essentially eating an atta version of rice, not a maida version of rice. Correct. Most of it and it actually brown. tastes really good. Yeah. Huh? It actually tastes really good. Yeah. So you have a lot of G- low GI rice varieties in India. Uh, in Rajasthan, like you said, a lot of it used to be bajra jowar, what's considered inferior grains, yeah. which are actually fantastic for you. Millets and uh, exactly yeah. millets, and th- they're now trying to make millets popular again. Make millets great again. Maga. Uh, 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 so you know, it's it's there's that, but then the rather worrying trend that I see with modernization of Indian cuisine is we've gone from being a vegetarian cuisine, where technically we're not vegetarian, we're dalarian. Yeah. All vegetarians in India or lacto-vegetarian also, but more dal. A lacto will always include dal. Yeah, we are dalarian. Lentils, which you both are saying, just sorry to come in, is one of the biggest reasons we have sustained the vegetarian culture. Hundred percent. See the the protein. The on very honestly, I mean, nutritionists would probably kill me, and I'm no expert on it. But I mean, you know, the 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 protein uh, uh, benefits of le- lentils is grossly exaggerated for sure. Like like there was a I was reading a factoid that uh, uh, like steak, let's say meat has 22 grams of protein per 100 grams, and at the same time they put rajma with 22 grams. It was a complete wrong fact. Rajma has maximum 8 grams per 100 grams of protein. So. Okay, that whole protein thing where you need seventy grams of protein per day may may or may not be true, and everybody has a different diet. Maybe Indians are a little bit lower on protein than the rest of the world, for whatever reason it's affected us and many things. People also blame our Olympic performance on our protein diet, which is completely fake. But um, the thing is that like hundred percent lentils is what has sustained us. And why was someone Mediterranean diets? And okay, okay, now they don't eat a lot of lentil, but if you look at or actually they do, they eat mung bean. But if you look at the Mediterranean diet. One of the things that it it kind of makes it different from let's say uh, Western European let's say diets in the UK or Germany or Germanic diets or let's say Native American diets is that or let's say even African diet is that Mediterranean diet includes lentils in it. Mm. 
so you don't need to eat meat all the time because but include remember, lentils one of the very important sources of protein which we're not discussing and that's why you brought up lacto uh before i get uh lose my train of thought is whey yeah so you know the pyrosori that we eat that i was telling you about the day old thing you soak the rice in dahi ka whey correct correct it's very healthy for you it's very healthy for you a lot of the dahi ka whey in north indian houses is used to gundofy the chapati ka atta right that's true so you always included so it was the lentils plus the l- development of a lactose culture where the whey is super important to you that does a lot of this like it said see it's never one thing it's it's so multicausal it's lots of things coming together coming together but you look at the evolution of indian cuisine today and this is where i find it really pissing off for me that we started off as a dalerian a lacto dalerian cuisine that's technically Which what we true. are we are a lacto dalerian cuisine we're not a vegetarian cuisine we're a lacto dalerian cuisine that eats a lot of vegetables not uh, i would argue that in the north i think we we've lost a little bit of the vegetables also we've yeah, become it's, a, it's become a, the lacto become paneer now ha huh, it's, it's it's become a yeah it's it's, it's become a paneero Uh, 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 and the karelas become beans, which is yeah, very basically. very bad on the glycemic index. It, it really is. But uh, we've become we started off as a lacto-dalerian culture, and we've become a masala culture. You know, people today don't want to eat the vegetable. They're like, "Is me tari nahi hai? Yeah. Is me lassan, pyaz, adrak, tomato ka, hari mirchi ka gravy kahan pe hai? Mere ko gravy chahiye." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They want they they crave the flavor of the gravy. They're not crave they don't want the nutrition anymore yep and a lot of what you see with modern cooking making things easier har har ghar mein gas aa gaya hai where you can cook as much mm-hmm. as you want whatever you want where you you accept long before you only prioritize the dal and the rice yeah okay uh, because that required the longest cooking time the vegetables didn't take so long to cook today when you can have you can leave your stove on for no two hours there were no pressure cookers also in there no pressure cookers so now when you can leave your stove on for 2 hours they want the masala which is bunao 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 bana isiliye ye masalaedar khana jo hota hai na masala ke sath pyaaz lassan ka masala ye sab bhun bhunte raho bhunte raho bhunte raho this used to be rajgharani ka khana yeah it wasn't the ordinary man's food i guess it is so it's it's actually become a lot le- it's unhealthy prosperity matlab wo to obviously the rich people will always eat remember onions are very rich aliates are very rich in sugars very rich you're getting a lot of sugar from it it's not good for you and most of our food is now onion based basically yeah but like i think that like you know lentils were so important um, in our history that like the mana solas the vegetarian dishes that i spoke of most of them are made with lentils so let Mm. Yeah, the vada ka, the dosa ka, the idrika. Actually, idrika is made with rice, but the vada ka is made with lentils. The dosa ka is made with lentils. Um, then they have a dahi vada also in it. The word I'm forgetting. Uh, then the super shastra has dishes. The pak darpan is also made with lentils. So most dishes in 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 um, you know in in most historical texts are made with uh, lentils. And even today, tamram cooking, there's nothing that you do without a lentil. Sambar lentil. Rasam is lentil ka pani. Mostly. Okay. Uh, Veta korumbal is where you fry the lentils first and then add tamarind water to it. That's a Veta korumbal. Those are the three main dishes. Okay. Her South Indian dish me, urad dal ka tarka padta hai, chane dal ka tarka padta hai, kisi kisi dal ka tarka padta hai. Right. Uh, Kutu is basically a dry lentil. Uh, it's sort of a lentil gravy around a sabzi. Yeah. 
and then you have a dal also on the side maybe right uh, usually it's a sambar or rasam kind of thing and, and a dal but even well. plain parpu parpu also yeah parpu just dal. plain pure yeah. dal cooked with ghee yeah. and with uh, 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 ghee you eat it with rice it's the dal if you I, i want you to find me even coconut chutney boss the flavor of the coconut chutney actually comes from the chana jor garam purad dal hoti hai na koi to dal hoti hai usme ha chana jor garam dehusk it as in remove the chilka the best coconut chutney is when it's 50% coconut and 50% chana jor garam yeah and or podi also ha podi podi is what podi the molaga podi the gunpowder that you eat it's powdered dal with a little bit of chili and hing and jaggery so everything is dal and you know there's a scientific reason because rice has certain compounds and dal has certain compounds that are perfectly complementary which is why dal chawal is something you will never even meet a gora aadmi who hates indian food will love dal chawal because it has a natural addiction affinity to each other correct because you have the you have the simple carb and then you have the complex carb and then you eat it together and, and, and some, it's great there are two very specific the compounds right thing that mind. are it's 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 like the coming together of uh, Shiva and Parvati almost. It's the perfect union. Yeah, and then the, and the sweetness of the rice hits your taste buds first, and then you get the savouriness of the dal. Mm. It's a perfect combination. But you know what I would say is that if I can add another point other than the lentils, is that if you have you watched the movie Martian, the Martian, have you watched it? Ah, the who who Goodwill Hunting wala actor, who na? Yeah, I forgot the actor's name. But anyway, when Mark Wahlberg, maybe I'm wrong. No, Mark Wahlberg, no, other one. Who who apni poop se banata, then kheti karta under na. Ha ha ha. So correct, and what does he grow? What khedi kisi karta hai? Wo aloo ki, because apparently potatoes are one, one, one best one uh, crop that humans can survive on solely without having anything else. Mm. And pre-Columbian exchange, we didn't have potato, but what did we have? Which in in the poorest parts of Africa and in some parts of India and in Southeast Asia, different kinds of yams and tubers. Correct. Uh, I was wondering, can somebody show us the native <laughs> yams and tubers? Because I think yams are something. that are so high in calories in such a small amount that you can you know easily consume yams and it won't i think we're getting some tapioca in there which is not historical but why not uh, ta- tapioca is disputed it's probably papua new guinea or something so what is it so you yes. have zimikand over here you have kachalu you have tapioca so these are so high in carbs that they are very very uh, um, wo, i think wo mere ko de very delicious and very good for you but if you have them too much in today's diet they might actually be bad your barbi also here colocasia so they might be uh, in in a, from a historical perspective imagine if you need let's say if you take a average of let's say 1500 2000 calories per day something like this would cover most of your calories easily so i think that 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 these are very good for you and i think i don't i, I don't know i just think that you know yams would <laughs> Would you want to eat some of this? Malagburi, we have some of these exactly. dishes. So this is really interesting. Do you know what this is? This is banana blossom. This is a banana blossom. So I think in uh, in in Bengal and Bihar they make koftas. This, this is right? called mocha in Bengal. Yeah, mocha, uh, mocha ghonto. Mocha ghonto, which tastes exactly like keema. By the way, you can't te- make the difference at all. And this is shojni data, what we call drumsticks uh, in Bengal. But in remember, Tamil, what do you call in, it? In in Tamil, it's varapu. No, no, the 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 drumstick. This is called moringa, from where you get moringa. The leaf of yeah. this is called moringa, which is apparently really healthy now, and which is now benefits. it's considered a super food. Yeah. अरे हम moringa हर चीज में डालते थे पता है? Correct. Yeah. We're getting some citrus also in, so we were. Oh, the citrus originated in India, by the way. It in case you didn't know that. Yeah. So these are lemons. 
massive lemons which these are italian lemons though. yeah they're not indian they're not indian but they no. did originate in india and then we you have know, even now also. in rural india you actually get lemons like these uh, they're not italian they're actually indian lemons yeah incidentally if you didn't know but you know you have very similar uh, limes that you get in you do. Uh, uttarakhand and then you have beer of course uh, which is native to the subcontinent also i think i have amla somewhere here also which is uh, very high in vitamin c very good for you so if you get from a micronutrient perspective as well all these foods are very high in micronutrients but now i'm talking like a nutritionist and i would not i will stop right here in terms of nutrition but i what i will say is that for example the banana flower you can eat the banana that you get on the tree you can eat the banana flower they're all they've all got very good macros yeah they've got really good yeah. macronutrients haldi ye to aapka favorite this is something that we've given to the world everybody should thank us for it it's haldi. it's it's haldi fresh haldi and uh, unfortunately in the north and the south we don't use a lot of fresh haldi we anymore don't. We, your hands will be stained if you not careful yeah for and, two days and it is beautiful the fragrance is amazing isme haldi ki sabzi banti hai in rajasthan which is delicious in the east in the northeast and in southeast asia they eat a lot of fresh haldi yeah but you know dry haldi is good enough as well so yeah, yeah i i think one of the things that indians learned was that you know if you dry your spices and you powder them and dry them or keep them as they are they last a lot longer. Yeah, yeah i think one of the one of the best inventions in terms of like or discoveries in terms of food that indians did historically was to dry spices because i think that you know yeah. drying food is good but what happens is because spices have so many anti parasitic and anti bacterial anti fungal properties exactly. they don't I mean, they have medicinal properties basically correct well. no and then let's say you have to let's say you are at calicut mm. okay you've grown a massive amount of pepper you're a pepper trader in the 1st century or the 2nd century ad in the sangam period and 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 uh, and the chera you're one of the chera you know feudal lords you have to pay some tax with to the to the to the to the, the king or whatever he was called and your pepper a part of it is exported to rome Yeah. So it's so it's amazing because it would have taken at least let's say maybe let's say two or three months for it to reach Easy. Rome, and then in Rome it would have sat for another year or two years. So exactly, the, it would have never gone bad. Yeah. So the thing with spices is that they never go bad. The only thing I would say is that you know when you say that in the north, let's say Fahian said that food was much simpler, it was much blander. Yeah. I I would say that although Indian food was spicy throughout Indian history, I don't think that Indians were generally Like uniformly consuming spice throughout India, the way we we are to that is that maybe black pepper was not as much as as consumed in the in Kashmir as it was in Kerala. So let me give you a simple example of this. Tell me one Kashmiri food that has saffron in it. Not literally, not one. Except the chai. Only kava. Yeah. The chai. But that's also later. No, that came much later. That came much later. Imagine Kashmir me saffron ugta hai. पर कश्मीर में कोई भी सैफरन खाता नहीं है उसको एक्सपोर्ट कर देते हैं वो उसको एक्सपोर्ट करते पेपर कुड हैव बीन अ लॉट लाइक दैट इट वुड हैव बीन यूज्ड इन मच मोर रिस्ट्रेंड क्वांटिटीज तो अंदर केरला में उसको खा रहे थे देयर इज नो हां नहीं दे डेफिनेटली एट इट बट इट वाज ईटन इन मच मोर रिस्ट्रेंड क्वांटिटीज बिकॉज़ आई थिंक नाउ दिस दिस ट्रेंड फ्रॉम यू नो इवन दिस मसाला ट्रेंड इट स्टार्ट्स अ लॉट विद द ब्रिटिश या यू नो इन द प्री इंडस्ट्रियल एज यू डिडंट हैव लंबोर्गिनीज एंड पर्सनल यॉट्स private yachts and private jets to un dino mein tumhara gulf stream nahi hai i don't mere paas gulf stream jet hai imagine you go back in time and show one of the kings uh, yacht mere paas 40 meter ka yacht hai nahi hai mere paas lamborghini ferrari hai nahi hai what did you show you were eating five meals a day yeah. and spices which were very expensive un dino ka lamborghini aajkal wo 
गंदी गंदी जाट बॉयज जो पंजाबी डम 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 म्यूजिक करके मेरी लाल फरारी मेरी ग्लॉक दी गण एंड थिंग्स लाइक दैट उन दिनों में ओ देख मेरा दालचीनी ओए मेरा दालचीनी ओए मेरा दालचीनी दैट वाज देयर थिंग खाने में दालचीनी डालते थे दैट वाज अ बिग थिंग वाज महंगा था लाइक हेनरी दी एट वाज लिटरली द मोस्ट फेमस इंग्लिश गाय कोई वाज फैट या कज ही कज ही एट सो मच ही एट सो मच and cuz so, he could be fat and so there was an abundance of food there was an excess royalty used more spices yeah because they were expensive even in ancient india they were pretty damn expensive huh? they were always expensive everywhere they were always expensive like eating and coconut in the north coconut in the north is is still not eaten like if you yeah. can you can you give me a dish in uttarakhand that is made of coconut or like in kashmir but they would have been used very differently so let me give you a simple example north mein agar hum garam masabut garam masala bole it involves dalchini long elaichi okay uh, cinnamon clove cardamom almost every dish that has adrak lassan in it you will have these three in the south it's very different the trifecta for us is sauf for non veg food yeah. is sauf yeah. something called kalpasi which is patthar ka phool yeah. and either dalchini or long depending on the region what about cardamom Not cardamom in tamil nadu we hardly ever for us cardamom is a meethe ka spice yeah yeah it's a sweet spice cinnamon right. cardamom there is cinnamon sweet. for the west is a meethe ka they they can't imagine cinnamon in a savory dish maybe because we have cassia more than cinnamon yeah we only have cassia we, we don't really have so cinnamon. maybe that's more a savory has a savory flavor and yeah. cinnamon has a more I, sweet I, flavor i i fundamentally believe that cassia is a superior spice to cinnamon i also think for india though it depends on what you're using it for again for of cooking course. i think cassia is way better because it's spicier it handles the rest of the spices better yeah. it complements other ingredients better but but cinnamon is it 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 get lost in everything else exactly now imagine the first recipe for haleem the iranian haleem the first thing i went when i uh, went to iran was i wanted to try original haleem because everybody tells you that hyderabadi haleem comes from iran yeah pata hai udhar kya karte hain haleem ka broken wheat broken wheat nahi ho sabut wheat leke beef ya mutton ke sath paka ke And no spices, they keep right? mashing it, mashing it, mashing it, and you know what they serve it with? A whole heap of dalchini, like a bowl. Me, yeah. imagine this is the amount of halim I'm having one glass. They'll put almost a tablespoon of dalchini ka powder on top of this, oh and two tablespoons of sugar on top of this. Or itna ganda tha mere ko ulti aa rahi thi. No, but the savory food is becoming sweet. So but see, for it? them, this is It's spicy bad. and good. Yeah. But for us. Using even a little bit of dalchini just because they're combining with cinnamon, with uh, cardamom, and long. They're like, "Oh, so spicy! I can't eat this." You know, in Iran, they actually believe if you eat too many spices, you become dark. इसीलिए तेरे पूर्वज ना वो मसाला व्यापारी थे। मैं इरानियन होमलैंड में विश्वास रखता हूँ। हाँ, तेरे तो पूरे तो काली मिर्ची। मैं गोरा इनवेडिंग यूक्रेनियन है। That's good. But be careful of being being Ukrainian now. My original Ukrainian. Okay, that is fine. अच्छा फिर मगर मेरे को एक ये question है कि it could be a completely wrong framing itself. But why do you think when all these things like potatoes and many other things that came from outside were we able to assimilate these outside influences into our cuisine? because we had a robust vegetarian culture or we would have assimilated them in a non vegetarian culture too because i mean it's it's i mean very honestly it's an easy way to look at it it may be more complex the answer but i just think that 
anyway we were so easily you know like we could grow crops so easily and potatoes are are the easiest to grow you know i'm just using potatoes as an analogy so just to be clear tomatoes let's say peanuts you take corn i think first of all where they come from uh, oh, capsicum bhi bahar se hi aaya hai na all 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 chili all chilies yes so mexico and and peru by the way so central america um, what is called latin america is on the same latitude as india so if you look at their climate and the aztec civilization had 10 times the population of the spanish civilization at the same time it's just that the spanish had much more superior weapons and they had smallpox as a weapon as well which killed all the aztecs within a short period of time but the thing is that because they had such similar latitudes uh, indian in, i mean uh, uh, american ingredients could grow so easily in india and indian ingredients could grow so easily so in america yeah, like exactly. it's like tamarind and, and lemon and, and there's also a great similarity वो धनिया इस्तेमाल करते हैं जीरा इस्तेमाल करते हैं मिर्ची they would eat chocolate with chili so there were so and chocolate was always chocolate savory and, are, and it was never sweet because there was no sugar it was not sweet so there was no sugar yeah it was not sweet okay now uh, because we have we've already by the way for the record an hour and 10 minutes into the chat but i want to discuss something very important so we have kind of gone from the start to the development and uh, i want uh, so if i was to ask you both of you independently Do you think this is the mature phase of our vegetarian cuisine or the middle phase of our vegetarian cuisine? This is the yuppie phase. <laughs> It's the yuppie phase where we're doing too much masala, and I think we'll find an equilibrium where, when the disposable income goes higher, and you want easier, simpler food that is more sustainable, I think we'll go back to what we used to do. because there's always a rediscovery of older food that happens in every civilization i think it's a very interesting phase whether it's mature or not we don't know because you know like it's like uh, it's like naming something modern today you're a restaurant here or a hotelier and you are a nerd when it comes to cooking so so what do you see all these things like he always complains about we have destroyed our food because no, no, we have not destroyed our food you punjabis have destroyed our food What you people have done to Indian cuisine is far worse than what the British and Muslim invasion. But generally, the worst. Did. Generally, who's done the worst thing to food? And that's the ingredient I'm going to talk about right now. There's one ingredient that was invented in the 1990s that has changed vegetarianism in India. Maybe it's good for you. Maybe it's bad for you. Maybe it gives you cancer. Maybe it's great for you. The Chinese have been eating it for 3,000 years. So what happened in the 80s and 70s when Indians started traveling abroad for the first time, especially a lot of vegetarian Indians from the south and from the north, they found that eating meat actually is not that bad, and you have to eat it to survive in some places. So a lot of children, for example, of of vegetarian parents, may eat the curry of a butter chicken or the or the or the or the or the or rogan josh today, or or I mean whatever non-vegetarian dish there is, and when they go abroad, they eat it. But growing up knowing Soy. that. So, so growing up knowing that you know meat is something that is so uh, you're so averse to it, and even if you tried it, you never there's there's something that can always makes you you know you you've eaten it once or twice, but you can't eat it again. मैं तो पंजाबियों का पाप है ना सोया चाप जो बना वो आपकी गलती नहीं है thank God. अच्छा शुक्र है चलो हम बच गए. The 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 issue happened when mock meat was first invented in the 80s in Singapore. 
so in southeast asia when we invented mock meat why would a vegetarian want to eat meat but here it is you want to eat something that looks like meat it tastes like meat but it's not meat maybe lab grown meat in the future can solve but, it but you know the surprising thing is mock meat today in singapore is very different from what yeah yeah तूने और मैंने वो जो खाया था जब मैं और तू आई टी सी के कैफे में थे वो क्या था दैट वॉज फ्राइड ग्लूटन एंड वॉट यू डूज दैट इज वॉट बिकॉज फ्राइड ग्लूटन सोए इन चाइना एंड जापान वॉज यूज टू मेक सोए सॉस ठीक है दे डेंट यूज इट टू मेक सोए चंक्स एंड थिंग्स लाइक दैट हाँ सोए मिल्क विच बिकेम टोफू बट दे नीडेड सम काइंड ऑफ अ मीट सब्सटीट्यूट so they came up with gluten wherein you take uh, you you make a dough and you keep washing it in water till only the gluten remains and then you fry it and it's got roughly the texture of meat so soy chunks don't have the texture they don't have a texture for a vegetarian they imitate the texture of a meat but they're not meat because they because in the soy chunks they mix uh, flour also to make it uh, more right. uh, starchy exactly and isme uh, so so what we had was fried gluten so i think the invention of soy bean into becoming soy chunks nutrella as it was very popular at one time it's a company please don't i'm not quoting any company but i'm talking about nutri nuggets if everybody nah, knows nah, nah, nah. so i think the 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 soy chunks coming into the indian diet and literally there are so many people who eat it like you know daily now at least or every at least three times a day in delhi if i if i if if i can you know that's that's how it is with aloo you know soya aloo ho gaya ya ye ho gaya ya wo ho gaya and then your there is now malai chap malai chap is so, made of soy which is made of soy so so chap is something that is so popular now do you eat chap but a lot of people in delhi do in delhi chap yeah. is very popular it's a delhi thing aur ye bombay mein bhi aa gayi abhi chap ka culture because in delhi if it if let's say 60 or 70% of the population is vegetarian and you want a alternative to paneer and you don't need a vegetable and you want to go out to a restaurant not eat a vegetable a chap is a great thing to eat and you can eat it at home now boil it fry it cook it it's already cooked you don't have to do anything to it it's the easiest thing to prepare it takes on all the masala from outside it's fine you can eat it and i think that's what is now where indian cuisine like in general at least let's say no, mainstream north indian and south indian cuisine is going towards things that were not native to india and now are more like i would say they they're different and they it's it's about making it easier so globalization has i think affected um vegetarianism in india also now because it's like it's like you're looking at a western person coming to india and saying that oh my god i'm a vegan i'm a vegetarian and then they can't eat any of the milk products gluten free so we have everything we have gluten free chila we have coconut milk food in the south is all vegan right so we have an answer to everything but now we're fo- like let's say the more um uh, uh, the elite part of the society wants to become vegan and they, they want to become western vegan western vegan western vegan and they and they and they imposing non indian vegetarian concepts on already 1000 or 3000 or 4000 years of vegetarian culture see gore ka veganism cool hamara hamara vegetarianism brahminical exactly so let's say now now what's becoming cool is a thai curry coconut thai curry is cool but which is nice i mean i'm not going to say no i mean it's okay i mean really good thai yeah, curries outside but it's not culturally part of our cuisine right obviously because we're not thailand and number 2 i mean it's 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 like it's like you know that's how our cuisine is becoming and also now the in delhi the 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 whole thing of adding cream and butter to every dish is 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 something that i think everybody yeah, thinks nice. that indian food is cream and you know how cream cream start getting added to food in india 
it's because when the when French cooking influenced British cooking and the British got to India, so they were the first to add cream into food. And also, हर चीज में धनिया डालना पता है हर चीज के ऊपर धनिया डालते हैं ना because the British and French used to sprinkle everything with parsley. parsley. तो हमने उनको छेप लिया हमने धनिया मार दिया हर चीज में धनिया डालते हैं देयर इज नो नीड टू पुट धनिया ऑन एवरीथिंग सी 100% इंडिया इज अ धनिया क्विजीन और धनिया के बीज इज व्हाट वी यूज इन इट व्हाट आई थिंक व्हाट डिफाइंस इंडियन फूड द मोस्ट ऑल ओवर इंडिया इज द यूज ऑफ द धनिया पाउडर इट्स व्हाट मेक्स इंडियन फूड डिफरेंट फ्रॉम अदर लेट्स से क्विजीन्स बिकॉज़ धनिया पाउडर इज लिटरली लाइक द बेस ऑफ इंडियन एंड पाकिस्तानी एंड बांग्लादेशी सबकॉन्टिनेंटल क्विजीन बट आई थिंक व्हाट यू आर सेइंग स्प्रिंकलिंग थिंग धनिया ऑन टॉप एडिंग क्रीम ऑन टॉप This is hundred percent a British. ये मक्खन भी add करना है European invention. ये मक्खन भी add करना है जो European invention. Hundred percent. This adding lots of spices is also European. So when did we have yellow butter in India? Earlier. We never did. It never existed. We only And had white fact, butter. And in fact, Amul butter was modeled on French butter. So what happened yeah. was they traveled the team that developed Amul butter. They traveled to Isini, you know where Disney comes from. He's the Isini, the island of Isini, which is famous for its butter. Ber the Isini. they went to isini they tried these matured butters and they realized that this was the indian ayurvedic way of making butter as well you know technically in india when you make butter ek hai ekdam taza butter which you eat but you're never meant to make ghee direct from the malai you're meant to first culture it so first tum dahi banate ho dahi ka malai nikalte ho dahi ka malai nikal ke usme se pehle churn karke makkhan aata hai but that is not the makkhan that you use for eating that is the makkhan you use to cook and then make ghee out of it which was a very cultured it had this beautiful nutty smell which comes with curing okay so they then realized that this is a product that will sell and i still believe amul butter is the tastiest butter in the world it is Sure. It tastes better than the original bloody Berdisini. No, and and I think Amul cream got it correct as well. They have 30, uh, yeah. it has 35 percent fat. Yeah. It's perfect amount of fat for any kind of cream. I mean, for cooking, Amul cream is just unbeatable. No cream can beat so, it. So there are three French things that we got into food: Amul butter, Amul cream, and the third uh, very important thing is Tifika gherkins. Yeah. Tifika gherkins are the best gherkins anywhere in the world. But <laughs> I mean, I'm not advertising for the brand. I am, but. मुझे कोई पैसे नहीं मिले उनसे बट यू कॉन्ट मेरे को कौन पैसे देगा तू काला है देखो इंडियन लोग मेरे को सुनो मैं गोरे हैं मैं यूक्रेन से हैं ये काला खाला बट यू नो आई आई ऑनस्टली थिंक लाइक द पाथ वेजिटेरियन non vegetarian so i i'm not a, i'm not one to propagate the irony is three non vegetarians are doing a vegetarianism so i'm not one to propagate it but look when we say that we are not we are, are all non vegetarian but we yeah. but why do we use the word non vegetarian in the first place yeah. india is the only place in the world where you have a red and a green symbol there's no place yeah, in the, the, no place. the the our food and drug administration is mandates us to put a red and green symbol on food yeah. no way in the world are you supposed to do that but notice all three of us our main meals are overwhelmingly vegetarian yeah, yeah maybe hafte mein ek aad bar maximum khata honga to wo bhi kai bar nahi hota yeah main roz to nahi kha hi nahi sakta main to places like iran or afghanistan or uzbekistan or turkmenistan yeah. where the main meal is meat every day and there is virtually no sabzi there i guess sabzi is one uh, kachumbar on the it's literally kachumbar wo pyaaz टमाटर कुकुम्बेर और टमाटर को कट करके डालते हैं ना थोड़ा सा नींबू लगा के नमक लगा के उधर तो वो नींबू नमक भी नहीं लगाते वो ईरान में बोलते सलाद शिराजी अच्छा मैंने सोचा शिराज में इतना अच्छा खाना मिलता होगा ये सलाद शिराजी बहुत ही होगा 
देसी कचुम्बर ले आया दही साइड में और वो भी नींबू नहीं डाला नमक नहीं डाला खाओ कौन खाएगा ऐसा बदतमीज चीज ठीक है सो कबाब में भी नमक नहीं एंड आफ्टर हाँ कबाब में भी नमक नहीं है नहीं कबाब में नमक था पर बट इस एंड आफ्टर टू थ्री डेज आई एम लाइक बॉस आई जस्ट कॉन्ट ईट दिस आई नीड सब्जी आई नीड दाल I'm craving dal and sabzi. In Italy, you don't find that problem because you actually get a lot of sabzi. There's lots of sabzi in their food. Their main thing is always artichoke, meat. Zucchini. Artichoke, zucchini, har cheez kuch na kuch tumko mil hi jaye. Because they're the only place in Italy, uh, Europe, that can act. That's why they are the Roman civilization. And Spain. And Spain as well. Why is Why is Mediterranean the only place in the in Europe before, let's say, industrial revolution, which had a good? See, what did England have to do to make a civilization? And, and It had to what, invade what India. What are the main components of? uh italian and greek uh vegetarian food beans yeah that beans see that entire that legume lentil link keeps coming in everywhere i also love lebanon and jordan yeah chickpeas so, uh, uh, hummus but there's a lot of vegetarian stuff chickpeas are very very uh, important everywhere so i honestly think that like you know vegetarianism in india again even though we're non vegetarians i think is the is is one part of civilization i mean i'm talking from a food perspective is one thing that we should be the most proud of because i think it really shows civilizational superiority in terms of how we progressed as a civilization because we were the only ones and i get it maybe because of weather and climate and it's not because we were smarter than the rest who only become vegetarian and we, it should we should wear it as a proud you know kind of saying that we have like you know we have to say that if somebody eats meat more than three times in a week they call hardcore non vegetarians the hardcore part he'll talk about but but hardcore non vegetarian is nobody else in the world uses it if the meat is a central part of the meal in india when we say okay chicken or mutton banana it's a special occasion and we think about meat being made abroad there has to be the meat and everything else is secondary yeah. so i think it's something that we have to be proud of and i think that us being veget like predominantly a vegetarian society is something that makes eco sustainable it's it's what we we Defined eco-sustainability in this, country. and it sets us apart completely. The poorest person in mm. our country can eat more vegetables and has the ability even today to have vegetables and and legumes more than, let's say, the the super rich in most countries. I mean, they have to they have to sustain themselves on avocados and that. You know, vegan diets in Europe are the most expensive lifestyle to lead. Yeah. In in very India, a lacto-vegetarian is the cheapest lifestyle to lead. Exactly, it's amazing. we have actually democratized eco sustainability true i i actually i think this could be the perfect uh, place i do agree with you that uh, often at times in this uh, see what happens is that at a cultural level when there is a lot of sneering of the non vegetarians from the pure vegetarians or the hardcore vegetarians is what leads to the tension at a cultural level but if you ask me i think vegetarianism as a lifestyle in india is something we should celebrate it is unique to our country see the exception where ek choti si ek piddi jaisi country ne kar diya yani hamari country ka ancient time se lekar aaj tak population 600 million people are vegetarian is is amazing see i think vegetarianism by itself is something to be very proud of because it has the moral angle to it it has the ecological angle to it, it has all the angles to it where it starts getting unsavory is veggie fundamentalism that's what i was hinting at right that it, it's it's the fundamentalism that makes it un, that becomes the karela in the yeah uh, so uh, don't force uh, your beliefs on anybody like yeah, everybody it, else it becomes the karela in the cheese but it is something to be proud of no it is it is no i would 100% say that 
very honestly and if i can be i mean from logical perspective i honestly think that vegetarianism will it will in i mean looking at let's say 100 years later i really feel that vegetarianism if it increases in the west then it will increase here but if it if we're going as we are vegetarianism will reduce for sure because it's it's it, i mean the religious and social cultural factors are there to keep it and if people remain as they are there's no i mean it can remain but i mean pe- i mean you know people who travel abroad they don't have a choice but to but to but to eat some kind of non vegetarian at, at 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 times so we may not become fully meat eating a meat eating population who eats meat at every meal but surely it will be difficult to carry on vegetarianism in the future i think the only way to go about it is that like you said we don't promote it but we look at it from a sustainable and ecological a good way for the environment i think all those ways if, the, if let's say our our our, our institutions promoted like that vegetarianism in itself will be a will be a way to to kind of take humanity forward and to use the right term it's extremely sustainable and propagatable if we do it the right way which is to say lacto lentil lacto dalerian uh, uh, vegetarian yeah. as opposed to what indian cuisine has become which is masala gravy vegetarian masala gravy paneer vegetarian and paneer is not a vegetable i'm sorry to inform my audience so much up you might think that paneer grows on trees it really does not and in fact uh, you should be ashamed of yourself if your definition of uh, uh, vegetables is just potatoes and paneer you're a dis- go jump off a cliff but that's what i'm fearing it's becoming it's becoming a potato paneer country it's it's becoming as far as paneer is concerned the less i speak the better how much nutritional damage that's causing boss it's bad it's not that great for you cuz paneer is high in fat low yeah. in protein first thing when you were serving food i was like paneer <laughs> because you know it's like it's again it's see again it's the convenient foods are going to take take their place so what's going to happen in the future is that as life becomes more tough uh you know you're not you're going to stop you're going to start focusing less on physical activity and more on so is vegetarian food easier to cook or tougher to cook easier to cook but tougher to get i mean it's easier to to slaughter an animal i would disagree i would disagree i actually judge restaurants by their vegetarian food correct you know you're right i agree because making a vegetable taste good is tougher requires so much more te- india mein to it comes naturally it requires so much more technique much more people today because they don't have time for the technique substitute masala for technique i now i get what you're saying anything meat will taste good irrespective more or less basically matlab banana aasan hai to you can't go wrong in that it's not about that he's not saying that see jisko meat khana hai he's used to the taste of meat but a bhindi if you cook if you overcook it it becomes slimy if you undercook it it remains hard you have to cook it right it's like cooking prawn so cooking mutton and chicken cook it for 3 4 hours it will become soft whether you salt it correctly or season it it's fine like you said you over masala anything it taste you're, you're tasting the masala more than the vegetable itself but cooking vegetables overcooking them or undercooking them is tough so i mean it's 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 much tougher to cook vegetables and cook, to cook uh, meat and then again if you a meat eating person will will eat meat in 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 whatever form you know he or she gets it but a, a vegetable person you know person who eat vegetables how many how many ways can you eat a bindi i mean you know you can fry it you can boil it but you can't i don't know i don't know i don't think you'll eat pasta and white sauce with bindi right never so it's it's just about the 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 variation so in some in japan if you see the original uh, uh, what was the iron chef yeah 
they started using bhindi as garnish and thing kachi yeah, bhindi yeah. like bhai pagal ho gaye kya i know there's a limitation to like vegetarian cooking in some ways and then there's not a limitation also because the variety of vegetarian food is so much there's only one chicken there's one mutton and there's some kind of fish basically all non vegetarian is around four proteins yeah pork fish chick red uh, meat chicken and uh, red meat go- goat or sheep and uh, uh, beef yeah basically Five. and your venison and all that kind of stuff that but venison is rare is rare right yeah. so ducks and geese even in france or china you would put them in a separate category rare, yeah I think the dark meat industrial farming has now made duck more common in China than it once was. But still expensive. It's still expensive. In the, in India, it's very expensive to eat duck even now. It's a rare kind of bird that you would get. Maybe the demand is not high, so the supply is you know matching the demand. But I would say that vegetarianism in India, I mean, if people go about it the way they're going, it's it's going to be tough to carry it. so you have to we have to like there have to be institutions that promote vegetarianism in a more sustainable manner that it promotes we promote people to start eating vegetables again which i think we're losing not masala yeah masala and eating vegetables like eating loki and karela and 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 maybe restaurant i mean there are very few restaurants that actually cook loki and karela and put it on the menu yeah. i mean you there's really fancy restaurants that put it on the menu or you'll go to a dhaba and you can get it but but the the mid level restaurants would never put loki and karela menu because simply because people won't order it so it's just a waste of inventory but understand karela is a very sophisticated taste so in china people, karela is one of the main vegetables people don't realize karela is a very unique perfume of its own you can't drown it in masala the way people do to hide then what is the point of the bitterness you know you you, you show off about beer beer is very bitter Yeah, and the people like it, but people like it. It's just about getting used and, to it. And you want to show off, oh, man, Germany ke October fest me jaake, mani ye white beer pia, or ye ah ye black beer pia, or ye gluten free beer pia. But idhar aake, eh, Karela, mani khata. Bilkul. But I would say, I would say cheese is a better one. I don't like cheese for sure. I, I mean, I'm one of those I, I, people who kill me for a bit. I, I, I just hate cheese. I don't. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a. I don't like the smell and taste of cheese. So it's something to get. It's an acquired cheese. taste. I think this. It is an acquired. But I love Karela. The smellier the cheese, the more I like it. Karela, अच्छा लगता है. बहुत rare लोग होते हैं जिनको Karela. I love Karela. I love Karela. I love. तो है ही अजीब. It's like it's like Bagan. So one of the things with Bagan is that. अजीब ठीक है और मैं करेला के लिए वो ये फेंकेगा मेरे ऊपर मेरे को भी लगता था पहले बट आई वुड से फॉर एग्जांपल बेगन आई डोंट नो इफ यू नो व्हाट एग प्लांट इज नेटिव टू इंडिया या या वो तो आईवीसी टाइम्स के से से हाउ मेनी बेगन डिशेस कैन यू नेम इन इंडिया बेगन का भरता देयर सम द बरित्र द फ्राइड बेगन इन लेट्स से महाराष्ट्र और समथिंग बट लाइक देयर इज नॉट अ लॉट ऑफ बेगन डिशेस बट नॉट बट नॉट द सेम वे एज यू हैव इट इन द मेडिटेरेनियन लाइक इन ग्रीस एंड टर्की यू हैव मीट इन इट दे they make uh, badam jaan in iran with it but we do a lot more with it baba ganoush i think uh, uh, but we have that so for example bharta maybe kitne type ke bharta i agree uh, but i think the cooking method is just roasting no ha uh, but badam jaan also like uh, baba ganoush is basically a tomato ka bharta right a uh, badam jaan is a khashk that uh, uh, ye uh, that milk milk whey product uh, thoda it smells like the back side of a goat uh, oh, <laughs> how do you know what that smells from Apparently that's what it smells like. I've read that somewhere. It's called kashk. Uh, it's it's goat whey. So uh, it's that. I mean, I actually find China, Southeast Asia, and India have a greater variety of Bengal cooking. You feel like that? Mm. I feel like China and Southeast Asia maybe yes, but in India, like it's always frowned upon. Like you know, like whenever you talk about Bengal, then people are just like, okay. Like, Aaj kar. 
but at one point of time in any bengali home the standard snack if there was nothing else yeah. to serve begun bhaja begun bhaja and luchi begun bhaja damn good but again like i i just feel like you know there are so many vegetables that we could be doing more with mm-hmm. and we're not we're not we're simply not. because we're lazy i i think and we always think that okay the, there will be certain outcomes with these vegetables and let's stick to those outcomes yeah. and let's not let's not experiment so more there, so there is this homogenization and standardization trend exactly. happening because you don't want to change something that as it's been going because you know it's it's things like so for example italy yeah it italians spoken italians till the age of tv Right. even though tuscan italian was made the standard italian it did not become standard italian till the 60s when tv was introduced uh, tv became widespread and people had to learn tuscan italian to kind of understand what's coming to on tv to understand what's coming on tv uh hindi did not take off because of hindi imposition in this country hindi took off because of tv and bollywood and akashwani on, on and akashwani and things like that right so it's it's like that uh this homogenized this sort of uh the punjabi genocide of indian food as i call it this uh, the, the masala genocide uh, the 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 ceaseless uh, extermination of vegetables at the altar of onion onion tomato ginger garlic and mdh ka kitchen king i think king tomato masala. 100% tomato is really destroyed i, I think food. mdh lala ji's kitchen king masala and pyaz lassan tomato gravy have done more to india uh, more harm to india than churchill ever did probably but but see that's the thing you know like like i just feel like our our the origin of vegetarianism in india is so fascinating and that we 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 are the ones who who kind of invented it and we took it forward without taking a step back we always took two steps forward in vegetarianism throughout our history and i feel like that's what we have to do now again yeah as i said so there has to be someone to kind of start promoting vegetarianism in in start eating drumsticks and, and, and yams again yeah and you know who's doing a very interesting job with vegetarianism of late is this israeli chef called yotam otolengi yeah he's very he's doing some he only cooks vegetarian overwhelmingly like 90% of his menu is vegetarian he's doing some incredible stuff with vegetarian food which we should have been doing because the more we got exposed like you know how it took us no time to adapt chinese food to our palate It took us no time to adapt pizza to our palate and make chicken tikka pizza and all of that. But why but aren't Kamal we adapting things? No. Yeah. Why aren't we doing? Why aren't we taking? Kathal. No, we are. We are doing. Our menu is there. All the things. So, so we want people to come and eat. We, uh, we. You should also have future Kathal. You should say. You should also have a, a, a crystal ball gazing menu. Okay. Why not? Taking Kathal and Shojni Tata. Shojni Tata. What do you mean by that? a uh, drumstick ko hindi mein kya kehte hain a drumstick is uh, for, for as long as i have known it we call it moringa is the moringa but um, is i mean you know what a drumstick is um take drumstick to the future yeah take drumstick 20 uh, uh, 20 years to the future 50 years to the future 100 years like i agree with you so i think that like for example jackfruit and yams if we kind of start eating them again it'll be great for our health phali bolte hain na usko kuch something ki phali No. I just feel like you know these vegetables will be really they're really tasty. Yeah. They taste great. I think and in fact instead of soya chaap if we start eating jackfruit again that will be is it, I don't know how how much more expensive it is. I don't I think, think it's that much more expensive. Soya chaap would be such a fantastic meat substitute. We're not required meat substitute in this country because we're not a meat substitute cuisine. But if you're looking for a meat substitute kathal is such a fantastic. I mean soya chaap to hai na. Wait. Soya chaap does taste nothing like. He's saying that kathal is the one that we should be promoting because it's a it's a historical vegetable is native to India. 
and, and it tastes bloody good i man. think i think the other issue is and i think that this is something that the indian government has to kind of like you know or, or whoever is in charge has to kind of prop up i think the issue in india we've had is that we started doing tomatoes and potatoes all year round yeah. but we've lots of our vegetables even mangoes i mean it's india's biggest export it's our national fruit how can it be that the mango is still seasonal we should have mangoes growing throughout the year so think, how yeah. come our science hasn't kind of how, had the ability know? to grow mango so no we have so many different varieties of chilies in this country but it's just called hari mirch nobody knows the variety of mirch yeah that's true but okay. then again chilies the, the mathania chili technically which is so critical for lal mas is the same as the guntur chili yeah is it yeah it's the same species okay the thing is they'll call it nini ye mathania mirch there's a lot of pseudo science there's a lot of non scientific classification happening we've not looked after our traditional species of chickens or goats classified them maintained a pure breed line uh, you know we we don't do that kind of thing so i exactly so i just feel we, like, we have no like you know the french have the appellation the origine contrôle the appellation control board which correct. classifies everything so the yeah. breast chicken has to be reared a From certain a place. way fed a certain thing everything cheeses have to be made a certain way certain vegetables have to be from a certain region only uh we don't do all of that and see that brand it it's a food and cuisine has to be some sort of a natural heritage exactly, exactly. i think i think well it's very hard to make it a national heritage in india because in india uh as they say sociological issues and politics no but but uh, you you did see uh, you, you know But yeah, you did yeah, see yeah. our prime minister speaking about millets. Um, I think a month ago, yeah. in one of his Mankhi Baat uh, speeches. So, Kanish, if you want to say vegetarianism, it has to come from I don't know how else to say it, but it has to come from the S C S T O B C Samaj. Let's put it this way: um, the Indian Food Appellation Board aimed at extracting a premium price for farmers of traditional Indian. Artisanal, artisanal. Tell you why? Because this entire taboo about Brahminism, feeding vegetarianism, is the biggest insult to the SCST community in India. Because people don't realize, even in Punjab, Punjab has the single largest conglomeration of Dalits in India. I think it's around thirty-two to thirty-three percent population Dalit. है. उनमें deeply evolved vegetarian culture है. बहुत highly evolved. वेजिटेरियनिज्म से ज्यादा वो लोग तो कांदा लहसुन भी नहीं खाने वाले कई उनमें आपको ऐसे पर्टिकुलर कास्ट मिलेंगी जात मिलेंगी तो आप जब हर चीज को इंडिया में जो आप लोग बोल रहे हो मतलब मैं ऑनेस्ट आंसर दे रहा हूँ ये कि उसकी प्रॉब्लम क्या आती है कि लुकेट सोशियोलॉजिकल पेपर्स इन अमेरिका विथ द सेम वाइट प्रोग्रेसिव पर्सन हु एक्सटोल्स द वर्च्यूज ऑफ वीगनिज्म If I go and tell that person, they will be. It will call the Brahminical protein genocide. <laughs> I mean, this is why. See, when it is a serious problem, mm. what, which, and this is not created by them. This is created by Indian social social scientists who were exported to these countries in the sixties, seventies, eighties, nineties, who have basically bred uh, this uh, entire system and have filled it with poison. Where. Okay, may, not every vegetarian cuisine has to be Brahmin. Like is Jain Jain cuisine also that? The Jaino ne kya pap kiya? Unko kyu maar rahe ho isme? Magar everything is done like this. Do you understand, Bhaskar, that by participating in this podcast, you have become a junior affiliate 
of the brahminical protein genocide <laughs> i have you're, well, you're literally you're literally the most of the punjab you're uh, the 20, punjabi genocide you're the 2023 version of the concentration camp guard <laughs> okay that's fine but yeah. which which concentration camp is this again it's it's the brahminical patriarchal concentration we have camp. a better name but you're right india no <laughs> oh, india okay no, right. every, see his his folks they all want to go off to sadak nada that is you know for them india is a concentration camp and they want to run off so that escape from auschwitz is the escape Wait, from brampton Indiana has Canada. good vegetarian food uh yeah i mean there are a few restaurants actually that are actually vegetarian and yeah yeah brampton mein bhi hai yaar punjab 70% vegetarian hai to wo vegetarian habit carry forward ho gaya no but like you know for, according to me like the one of the good solutions to this would be i think se- removing seasonality of a lot of vegetables yeah. i think just putting a science, scientific impetus on um on 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 the ability to go jackfruit throughout the year uh growing jamun throughout the year growing indian but vegetables and fruitizing flavor the problem when we end seasonality for example in tomatoes indian tomatoes taste like nothing they are really just a bulking agent but when you pehle jo khatte tomato aate the desi tomato wo itne tasty hote the that is why you remember once upon a time butter chicken used to be khatta and tangy and now just totally tasteless but maybe that's maybe that's for now i think in the future once we get better we get richer as a nation all <coughs> those things like you said the appalachian board will so, come so into play so you know it's, it's it's what the kuznets curve is 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 it this correlation between environmental consciousness and disposable income yeah that the more uh, uh disposable income increases environmental consciousness and therefore pollution comes down after it crosses yeah, a like in western countries i think that's what's going to happen to food which is why yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're in the yuppie phase or the middle phase of Indian vegetarian cuisine. I but then it's also that different parts of society in India are are in different phases as well, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like some parts are using black and white TVs and the others are using more modern TVs than everyone yes. in the world. Yes. So yes. it's like that in food as well. Yeah. We have Michelin star restaurants. I mean, we don't have a Michelin star guide in India, but we have Michelin star level restaurants in India. But then we also have you know whatever else. Yeah. So I think I think standardization of like high quality vegetable produce mm-hmm. will happen, but it'll take some time. but side by side if we can get you know things like removing seasonality removing um, or, or 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 encouraging um, uh, you know eating native vegetables or eating vegetables in itself more i think that's what's going to be a very good thing for vegetarianism in the future all right before we wrap up then uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about mala akbari again and where can they come and what can they look forward to thank you so much uh, kushal i think uh, we have Uh, two branches of Mala Akbari, one in ambient small Vasant Kunj in Gurgaon, and we have in Delhi, and we have a restaurant called Thirty Second Avenue, which is in Sector Fifteen in Gurgaon. So the concept is that uh, what were we eating in India before the uh, Columbian Exchange? Number one, uh, and uh, what were we eating in different parts of India? Not just like you know the Mughal Empire. So not only Mughalai food, which we also have some nice dishes from the Nuskaya Shah Jani. I think we have the book somewhere here. Uh, but what all were we eating in 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 the Chalukya Empire? What were we eating? During the Satvahana period, what were we eating? Uh, during the Sultans of Mandu, the Bahmani Sultanate, the Vijayanagara Empire. So we may not have got all the all the dishes out of research that we want to, but we're we're getting there. And really, there are a lot of drinks and food to be tried here that uh, you will not find anywhere else for sure, and that are very different. And are based on the uh, concept of spices being the main ingredient, and not let's say chili, potato, tomato, which were introduced to India way later. Awesome. So once again, both of you, thank you very much, guys. This was a lot of fun. And before I wrap it up, I I did eat the food here today. I have to say it was one of the best. And I told Abhijit that first time you have done something good in life, 
तेरी एक बात को मैं मान लूंगा सो एटलीस्ट आई एक्सेप्ट दैट बट इफ यू आर इन दिस रीजन डू मी अ फेवर कम हियर ईट टेक अ फोटो एंड टैग मी ऑन ट्विटर यू नो माई ट्विटर हैंडल इट विल बी इन द डिस्क्रिप्शन एंड ऑल्सो फॉलो माला अकबरी ऑन ट्विटर ऑल्सो आई टैग भास्कर भास्कर ट्विटर पे आ जाए थोड़ा मान ले आ जाए ट्विटर पे फॉलो अभिजीत ऑन ट्विटर लाइक दिस चैनल वीडियो लीव अ कमेंट इफ पॉसिबल बिकम अ मेम्बर आई सी यू गाइज नेक्स्ट टाइम एंड अंटिल देन टेक केयर बाय